Welcome back. Episode 27, the All the Fly Kids show. This is the Smarten Up, Open the Market Up episode. And this <laughs> evening's guest is a woman who, she wears many, many hats. I remember when I first met her, when I first saw her, you know, she was, she was, she was a quiet, quiet young woman in the background, you know, you know. <laughs> Me? Because whenever I saw you, you was the quiet woman in the background, but you was holding it down. Right. You was holding it down. You know Appreciate what I mean? That. But she has grown and blossomed into an enterprising businesswoman. And you definitely, if you don't know her, you've definitely seen her out and about. A nightlife, industry brand manager, project and events manager. I don't know if she's modeling, styling. I don't know. That's why she cre- I saw a creative director title too. Oh, this is why we got her on the show because I've known her for a minute, but I just want to know, you know, what all she has going on. So tonight's guest, we have Miss Paris Cole in the building. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. I, I got to get better with this. I'm Geronimo Knows, your host. And I okay. got I got super engineer, co-host, backpack Matt here. Yes, sir. Backpack Matt. <laughs> yes. Love it. All right. Now we got that out the way. So now we can get into the, the interview. Okay. How you doing tonight, Paris? Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Tonight was a good night. I'm so glad that you could join us. I know we've been doing the phone tag email schedule back you know, and forth. I'm trying to be really good at making sure I stay committed to what I say I'm going to do and be at. Okay. So I'm glad to be here. That's crucial. Super crucial. To so like level up for real, for real, to be on that top tier, you got to commit. Be on shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're only one person though. You be, like I said, you be all over the place. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. But let's start from the top. Okay. Let's, let's start from the top as I do with everybody. Tell Tell everybody where you're from. Um, I am from originally. Okay, I was born in Greater Southeast Washington D.C. Okay, facts. Okay, I grew up in Montgomery County, Silver Spring. Mm. Uh, I went to school. I went to Montgomery County schools. Um, but I actually moved to D.C. probably in um my freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, I what, lived what up part? to I'm Petworth, okay. Ninth and Shepherd. That's where okay. I was at. That's where I moved to last year. Oh, Petworth. Yeah. yeah, before it was like Petworth yeah. and like a thing. It was spot. like a little bit rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, you definitely, you definitely got that uptown swag. Uptown. Yeah. I always Close say it. I'm a Moco uptown hybrid girl. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. That's if a you, weird hybrid. Though. I'm a hot, but that's a real dope that's hybrid yeah. Yeah, in my opinion. Because yeah. you be like a PG Moco yeah. hybrid, or you can be like a PG DC. But um, yeah, I grew up um, in Silver Spring. I went to school in Silver Spring. I've always lived in DC, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom bought a house in Olney, and at the time I moved out at like 17, and I was living in D.C. still. Now I live in Ivy City. Mm-hmm. Before that, I lived in Shaw. Okay. But I'm a super native to the area. Okay. D.C.'s my home for sure. Word, word, word. So just what you remember the, the, the city being like as you were coming up, even mm-hmm. just as you came of age, what, what yeah. was that like for you? So what's so funny is, I'm so glad you asked me this, I was thinking about today how I was really in the go-go scene growing up. Word? I was super in the go-go scene. Okay, okay. Like, Who, I was, who's your bands? So New Impression was my band. Okay. TCB was my band. Okay. I remember sneaking into the Mad Chef and La Pearl at the time to see what band and Backyard, like... I was going to CFE when I was in I was going to DC Tunnel. I was just so like wanted to be with that like go go scene because you know it's it 
it's it was unique mm. and also being from silver spring like we had our own like all ages parties but yeah, i was like nah like did. yeah go-go's was it to me like i definitely grew up in that in that world okay okay right. so from that point what was your inspiration because i know when i first met you yes i know you were you were managing dj alizé yes okay so what led to that? What what got what you led to that? To that? Point? If anything happened before that that we should know about, right? Um, so you know, my first of all, Alize was it was and is the most influential person in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. I was working in the clubs at the time, so I was a full time student at Montgomery College. Okay. I had a full time job at Fenton Family Dental in Silver Spring, okay. and um, I used to. I met this promoter. His name was Darnell. And he was like, yo, you're super cute. He's like, do you want to work? He was like, you want to make like $200 a night? I was like, what are I going to do? I was like, like yeah, what are I going to okay, do? Sure. 18, was, that's not bad. 18, I'm like, 20. I was like, that's my phone bill. I was like, we good. What do I got to do? So he's like, um, he's like, look, I'm going to introduce you to the owner of Lux, um, which was Dean at the time. And he was like, yo, I'm going to have you work the front door. So I was working the front door at Lux. I was working the front door at Lotus. And um, I was working at the front door of Lux on Sundays and I met Alizé. Mm-hmm. And Alizé came up to me and he said, he's like, I don't know who you are, but you have good energy. And that was that opened up my world. I was like, who is this guy that like <laughs> said I had good energy? Like, what is this? I was like, that's awesome. He said that to me. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was trying to approach me, mm-hmm. but it was he definitely opened up my world. We became friends. Um, he had this basement that had like all of these like old source double XL covers. It was like the hip hop room. Um, him and Ill Will, rest in peace, like just rest in peace with Ill Will. Yeah, he like they definitely opened up my world to just hip hop at the time, which was good for me because I was like studying English and philosophy, and you know he just was like, "Yo, this is my world," and I was just like. I'm never leaving. Like, I just wanted to stay down there and learn music. I can imagine what his basement looked like. Oh my god, I, it was I know amazing. He's a, he's a like. I have to say that other DJs aren't music heads, but me just knowing Super. Alizé personally, I, he's a head. I can just he probably has storage space for like records. So much. <laughs> he has so much. For him and his dad have amazing record collection. Like, and he I, he put me on like. You know, he started taking me to like he was the first person to take me to New York, mm-hmm. and, and and introduced me to people at the record labels. He took me to the radio station, and um, I have I was eighteen, nineteen at the time. I don't have any management experience, but he allowed me to enter into his world, and I did as best as I could to just help facilitate. Like he was getting booked, and like he wanted to. We that's how we did how to make it in DC the the radio show podcast. Yes. yes. Um, and then we did our own parties at Penn Social, and then we doing recess. We just did so many things together. Shout out recess. Shout, Shout out, out recess. Uh, good life Tuesdays. Right. Shout out good life Tuesdays. <laughs> Shout out recess Saturdays. Like recess was, it was that was definitely where I even got my start to where I am now as creative director at Tin Shop. Um, I was like nineteen, twenty, basically an assistant GM at the time, like running the front door and helping Brandon and Sayo. They were the owners at the time, just like run the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I really even got my start. What was it like going to New York and going to the record labels and getting that experience? Like, because a bunch of people who are interested in like being in the creative music industry, like just dream about what that feeling is like, yeah. or what that atmosphere is like. What's that? really like so i'll never forget the first time zay took me to see d sonoram and i can't remember what his position was i can't remember what label i want to say it was universal but i could be wrong 
and he's in there and his his office just had plaques it had magazines and he's playing us the new ellie golding yeah at the time and i was like this is your job i was like this is your job you get to play new records and he's talking about how he had meetings with all these people and you know it, it definitely opened up my world to, to to show me like you can have a passion and just just do what you want to do yeah. you know you can somehow manifest that into happening yeah. um so that would that really just opened up my world honestly and then just the new york culture an environment mm-hmm. alone. I was just like, people up here making moves. Mm-hmm. People are... It's almost like you don't have a choice but to... You have there. no choice but to make moves up there. Like, you would mm-hmm. be a fool to just go up there and just not do anything. Just, just hang swim out. Type just shit. hang out. No, like, yeah. LA, you can kind of go out there and just vibe, but, like, New York, you gotta go up there and work. Yes, uh-huh. you gotta work. For sure. So yes, that was... That would, that actually definitely opened up my nostrils to the music industry, for sure. So, from Recess, you went to Penn Social. Yes. And I remember when Penn Social first opened, I remember uh, who was working there. Uh, well, I don't know if he was working there, but I know he did a lot of events there. Dez the Prez. Yes, Dez. Yes, yes, yes. Who now works at Big Chief, too. Work, for real? Yeah. All right. I've, I've known Desmond since 07. We used to work. I met him working at um, Bus Boys and Poets on 14th Street. Okay. Yeah, we used to work together back then. But um, you was running, you was holding it down, running the show at Penn Social. I was, yeah. You know, and um, I was just like, all right. Just to say, she doing? <laughs> okay, so I know she was managing DJ Alize, and now she, mm-hmm. you know, you're the general manager at Penn Social. I wasn't. I was events and marketing. Okay, mm-hmm. well, right. you were still in there, like you was the GM for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I was just like, I know she not, she not even old. She like young. <laughs> She's, so She's young, and I'm like, but I was just, I was just so impressed because it's like you know, you see a lot of young people, and they just like going through the motions. They're not really in leadership positions. Yeah, and. If I didn't know you were a younger person, I would not have known just because of the way you carried yourself. You always yeah. carried yourself as, a, as like more mature. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, with Penn Social, what made you want to work with them? So at the time, okay, so Recess was in a position where we had nightlife popping. Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Tuesdays was popping. And they wanted to tra- transition to doing a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant at the because it's such a small intimate space like recess only held literally like 250 people it was a really small underground spot across from the white house Mm -hmm. and it just didn't it didn't work out and um i had met really the crazy story is i met authentic Mm -hmm. authentic is a producer engineer from here who wanted zay to come over to the studio which is now beyond studios but before that was Mm. a basically like a warehouse space. Yeah. He's like, yo, Alizé, we got, I got this song. I'm working with this guy named Zach um, who has a studio and uh, I need you to come put some cuts on it. So I'll never forget, it's on 9th and N Street. Me and Zay go over there and the studio was, at the time, it was like three levels up. It was super dark. And uh, I met Zach and Zach was like, yo, you like work at these spaces. He's like, you should meet my dad. I was like, who's your dad? He was like, Jeff, he owns Penn Social. I was like, what's Penn Social? Mm-hmm. And he took us to Penn Social, and like when I saw that spot, I was like, "Yo, this is dope!" Like, it was like thirteen thousand square feet. It had like this hip hop kind of like sports vibe, yeah. and I was like, "Man, we can just do so many events here." Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I was working with Raptees. Okay, mm-hmm. remember Raptees? Yeah. Remember Raptees? Yes, yes. Um, so my friend Costa was like, "Yo, P, I want to do a pop up." So I, I did a pop up. It was kind of successful. We had like 200, 300 people come out support. Mm-hmm. And um, I met Evan, which is my partner now, and um, the general manager, Peter, 
who's also the co-founder of Tin Shop, which I'll, I'll go back. And I was like, yo, I'd love to work here. Like, how can I add value, basically? Um, so I help with just kind of refining, like, the branding and the marketing with the events that they already had going on. But I assisted with everything from, like, Sneaker Attack to Pancake and Booze Festival to Washingtonian Singled Out to DC Record Fair. So um, many So many, events. Yeah, <laughs> so many really dope events was happening there. And then just organically, like, people would just come there to, like, drink beer and watch sports. Mm-hmm. Um so that was really how I got my footing in Penn Social. And I had met Jeff, and I was just so interested in Jeff. Jeff Dawson is the owner of Penn Social. Okay. And um, I was like, how can I work with you? Like, how can I learn from you? Mm. And um, he he definitely embraced me. And a year later, you know, I got the call that he was opening up a spot in Crystal City called Highline. And um, he's starting this company called Tin Shop. Okay. And um, he's like, I need you on my team. And then that's how like Tin Shop kind of manifested and and explain to people what Tin Shop is because you know sure. I know it's Tin Shop and Beyond Studios and right. is White Room still? White Room is not White Room is Beyond Studios basically okay, okay. and I know then Beyond the White Room just opened up another in New space York. in New York yeah absolutely I saw that. yeah they grew they're grown um, I mean first of all Beyond Collective man has manifested into this greater entity which is i've been so fascinated to watch like those guys are talented um it's it was white room it was district co recording studio and now it's beyond studios and now beyond studios has obviously evolved but um zach really is the brains behind all those operations which is my good friend and his father is my boss jeff dawson um and jeff is the most humble entrepreneur I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And he's created and opened over 25 bars and restaurants in DC. Um, So Penn Social, Buffalo Billiards, Rocket Bar, Jackpot, Iron Horse, Smoked and Stacked, Lost and Found, um, Big Chief. (laughs) It's just, the list is is crazy. And you know, he's he's a regular guy from DC that just has this vision to open up these kind of like everyday people and industrial bars. And um, yeah. That's how I kind of got my footing in. Like, really, Zach introduced me, and I did my job at Penn Social well, and I just kind of worked my way up. Okay. So back to Tin Shop. Tin Shop. Of all the places that you name, I never really knew what Tin Shop was about. So Tin Shop is a bar and restaurant creation and management group. Okay. And I say that because as much as we create and build bars, we also manage bars and restaurants aside from the actual like physical management of the space Mm -hmm. to like social media management, branding and all that stuff. Um, My job as creative director, I always say is definitely like quality control. Mm -hmm. So I help everything from lighting, aesthetics, to marketing, to partnerships, um, the music settings, anything just to make sure that the atmosphere is proper. And I'm always the liaison between the actual space and then the tin shop team. Okay. So I'm like the middle guy. Okay. And all yeah. these all these skills and everything, I'm taking just the work that you did leading up to this really taught you this. Absolutely. You know, because like it's not like you went to school for like no marketing or I did not had any like formal experience like educational experience with like events and things like right. that. You just picked it up as you went along. I mean, definitely recess opened up my world and then the nightlife industry opened up my world. So before that, I mean, I was 17. So 
I was 17 when I was working at Lux, Lotus, Fur, Love. I mean, I was working at Club 24. I worked at all these spots. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got an operational perspective of how it worked. Even the, the owners. Ins like, and outs the ins and outs yeah. from the front door to the security right. to the bartenders the to the ownership, too, the little yeah. stuff. Um, and I looked at I really looked at it from like, oh, I'm not in college. Like this is the this is my way of learning how to get into business right. in this world. Um, so that kind of just prepared me for my position that I have now was just like knowing people, knowing environment, knowing what people like, um, knowing how operations work. So that's how I got started. So it was two things that I picked up from your story so far, and you just kind of explained one of them, like really not being afraid to figure out the ins and outs of an operation, like uh, put things, take things apart and put them back together. And right. You, you figure out the whole kind of life cycle. But right. then another thing that I think is really crucial that puts you on a different level than most is relationships and your ability Absolutely. to build them. And you've manifested them in two different ways. So there's networking and then there's also mentorship. hundred percent. So, so can you kind of dive into that a little bit more in terms of how relationship building is such a crucial skill sure. in your line of work and what you do? Yeah, I mean, not to sound cheesy, but on my Twitter, I used to have... Plug it. <laughs> I'm going to plug it on my Twitter before... I don't know what's there now because I haven't gone on. But I used to... my in my little bio line it was saying knowing the right people is a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it still says that it does it (laughs) (laughs) and I live by that because like who I surround myself with if they're not empowering me if I'm not learning from them or if I'm not growing with them or just from whatever energy they're giving me I can't I can't even be around that right um and relationships are everything. And really, it was the music industry that actually taught me that relationships are everything. Because mm-hmm. it's a very kind of political game. Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, even, I mean, I knew I wanted Jeff to be my mentor. And I knew when I met when I met Alizé, I was like, I need to know that. Like, I wanted to just learn and soak up as much as I could. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't even acknowledge, like, yo, I need to learn from someone else. Mm-hmm. And I would say Alizé and, and Jeff Dawson were those two leaders in that, for sure. I wouldn't be where I am without those two guys, okay. for sure. I mean, and, and Zach even taking the opportunity to be like, yo, you need to meet my dad. Right. I, I yeah. feel like, and then the networking piece, I feel like people get <clears throat> networking in the term messed up and give it a bad name because yeah. they feel like you just need to be in a room full of other people. Right. They think right. about them whack ass networking events. Right. I hate, you right. know, and I'm so awkward at those. Which, Me too. That's I don't, the funny I wouldn't part. Know, like, what do I do with my hands, like, type of situation? Or, like, right? when you walk in, you're, like, wearing a name tag. You're like, oh, uh, hey. Right. If you anybody, work with who? Uh, you're just like, if what? Anybody it's not, to it's a not natural. Event, I actually tell them, like, I'm not going to come. And that's because networking for me always happens organically. Super. It's not, I'm not, you can't put me in a room like, okay, I'm here because I'm supposed to make 10 new contacts and I have to have these, you know, yeah. small talk conversations but, with people who I don't really, I don't even really but don't you, find, right. want to talk to you. You're in a much right. better position if you're in a room and you have like a value added reason for being there. Right. Like there's something that you can bring to the table. And I feel like people don't really bring shit to the table when it comes to networking. It should be a mutual thing. Like, right. What do you think? Or your intentions might just be all wrong. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm just going to go meet this person. I'm just going to walk up and be like, hey, like, I need to know you. Like, no, it doesn't yeah. really work like that. Right. Like, which, which happens more often all, than not. Super, so much. <laughs> it's lazy. Happens almost. so much. A lot more often than not. So before I ask you about um, Big Chief and your most recent uh, endeavor. Yes. Um, 
talk about just your work, just what you got going on in the music industry. Because that's something I don't think at least a lot of people here in D.C. don't know you for. Sure. You know? Talk about that. Um. Okay. <laughs> Let me see. What should I talk about? How, what do you want to talk about? I mean, where I'm trying to go. What 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 are you doing what's, in the what's music? What's I'm doing? Are you are you A and R or is there some executive production? Are you in studios, label offices? Like what what do you got yes, going on? Yes, yes, um, <laughs> all of that, <laughs> all of all that. Of that. <laughs> I I don't know why I'm always so reserved to talk about my music moves, but um, I one of my goals, and you know, people be like, yo, what do you want to do? What's your what's your end goal, right? Mm-hmm. One of my end goals is to definitely be an A and R. Okay, mm. um, and definitely take a, a leadership a more um forefront step into management officially can you explain to people what an a and r actually does a and r for those of you who don't know what a and r stands for stands for artists and repertoire they didn't even know that right <laughs> <laughs> but it's really artist development yeah. and with artist development there's so much there's so much that comes under that umbrella mm-hmm. there's everything from i mean coaching to actually being in the studio Mm -hmm. to finding producers to finding songwriters Mm -hmm. to finding djs to actually like developing an artist so that they have an identity Mm -hmm. sonically and also just their their overall brand um really what an r does is just help the artist become the best artist that they can be like a creative director it's a creative director but they play a it's it's a stronger role on the music end yeah Mm -hmm. so you're in the studio with them you're helping them find the best songwriter you're helping Mm -hmm. them really develop their sound right um and i think that's kind of a lost art there are a lot of great a and r's um and my best friend is an a and r so um and i've been able to watch him grow and i'm just like i'm nowhere near that but um it's it's definitely something i definitely want to delve into and, you, um, and do you see that role still being valued in this day and age? Because a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's no point being an A&R. Like, no, like right. the artist is the label, A&R. Labels just want you, know? you to come right. in, ready right. to go, plug and play. Right. right. You no. Know? Um, there, I think there is still, that's a very under, it's not, I don't want to say it's underrated. There are still, there are still A&Rs at every label. Mm-hmm. And there is still the, the most important person to me. Sometimes they know what they're talking about. Sometimes they don't. Um, I know for me, I'm in an interesting position because when I think about music right now, I know I'm like the target audience as a millennial personally. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of have like a little bit of an upper advantage because I know what absolutely this is your time. What, this is my time it, in yeah. music. So if I was to step in, it's like right now. But um, I mean, I, they're the most important player when it comes to you know an album. When you talk about developing an artist, when you talk about putting on an artist, like I feel like between them and the manager. I mean, that, that's who you need. I was listening to the uh, Joe Budden podcast the past few weeks when he was taking shots at L.A. Reid and stuff. Sure. And yeah. one thing that he mentioned was just like it's this carousel of uh, presidents and vice presidents of labels just switching chairs and going from one label to the next. Yeah. And it, to me, that signals like it's time for fresh blood and it's like Under- opportunities yeah. for the taking to take somebody's slot. But you know it's what I mean? really hard to be respected as an A&R. Explain it's- that. Um, and I really learned, I realized that I went to South by Southwest, it's my fourth year going, and yeah. this year I really took a lot to the panels. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a panel specifically called Women in A&R. Mm-hmm. And it was like the head A&R at, at Republic um, and a couple other women from like some distribution companies and publishing companies. And they talked about how hard it is, not just obviously as a woman, but 
okay, actually, as a woman, to be a respected ear yeah. in the music industry, to just to get that respect, like, yo, she knows what, what she's talking about, is so hard. Mm. It's really hard. Just to even get in the door and be like, yo, she knows what she's talking about, it's yeah. super hard. Why? Obviously, women because women are the are the main y'all the main ones. We buy music. music. We <laughs> yo yeah, facts. 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 Yeah. I mean, even when it comes to fashion, it's the same thing. Like we buy, we buy, we buy. We are we are a real consumer. Yeah. If I like you, I'm gonna support you. I'm gonna buy your your product. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's still tough, you know. Like even just and also being like a young female and coming in from a space where. You know, I didn't have any, I didn't intern at a record label. I didn't work at a magazine. I didn't work for SoundCloud or Spotify. Um, I'm really an independent type of person coming into the industry. So it's like, who is she to say like, this person's hot? Or who is she to say that this, anything um, is, is, is really difficult. But I always just push through because I know, I know what I'm talking about. Or I know, I know that my opinion and, and whatever it is that I actually like is authentic. Right. So I, I have no shame in it. That's real. But yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna bring it back. Mm -hmm. We're gonna bring to, it back to the venues. So that's the music part. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get back to that. I though. will say yeah. though, um, you know, I went on tour with Ari Lennox. I didn't know. Word, that. and her her project was crazy. I rock with Bo that. Bo is yeah. an amazing. I rock project. with that project. She yeah. is an amazing talent. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. She absolutely. can sing her bottoms off yo i got hipped her off the uh the dreamville tape okay yeah, yeah. and ever since man i was like yo, i need to get more content she's dope right and i had such a so i actually got brought on to really be her stylist but i was so fortunate enough to be in the studio with her and you know even being in the studio without giving up too much information but to see like what she has to go through as a female artist being surrounded by a real male dominated industry mm -hmm. was like sometimes they didn't get why certain songs were like we're like yo this is the song yeah. you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. it's it's just it's just the balance of like just knowing sound and knowing what works and sometimes as a female voice you're just kind of underrepresented so you mentioned styling. So yeah, let's talk about that because I, I, see, I see a lot of photos of you. A lot of photos right now. On Instagram. <laughs> I'm just being and fly. And I'm just like, okay, is she doing product placement? <laughs> is she styling? Is she modeling? What, what are we doing with these visuals? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm going to talk about the visuals and I'm going to bring in creative theory on that. Okay. So I work with also creative theory agency. It was created by Gary Williams and Simone George. They're amazing photographers. Absolutely and amazing photographers here. in the city. They're amazing creatives, and um, they taught. They're they are still teaching me to this day what it means to create an identity, mm -hmm. and branding, and an aesthetic. And I've always, I've always been kind of fly. Like I, just, I you know, I dress. I, I have that. my own little style. I'll give you that. Um, but. You know, I started styling maybe a few years back. Like I styled Davies for a shoot once. Mm, okay. That's tough. Um, I've helped with music videos. I like help style Mac Wilds once uh, for a music video. I've been around premium co shoots. I've just been around so many things that's just allowed me to enter into that space. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that actually do that for a living. Right. So I don't. I like saying that I'm a stylist because I can do it, mm -hmm. but. I'm just I just like to show my own little unique style. So that's what you see on my social media a little bit. And now it's evolving and brands are sending me stuff, which is awesome. I'll take all the free stuff I can get. <laughs> but um fashion is I'm definitely stepping into that fashion lane too, just because I just love it. Okay. 
I go to the trade shows. I've been going to Agenda Trade Show, Liberty Fairs for years now. And I actually really want to go to Liberty Fairs. You totally of, of, should. Of, of all the fashion trade shows, I really want to check you out should. Liberty Fairs. You totally should. You know, and it's just that it's it's just a form of expression. Like you know, I wake up in the morning and like I just want to get dressed up, and it's it makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, and I, I I'm influencing my friends to get dressed up and feel good. It's just you know, it's just an expression. And that's important too, especially coming from the D.C. area, because you know, and I talk about this a lot because I always talk about like D.C.'s creative assets, and I just especially now music and art are getting a lot of the the, the attention. Yeah. Fashion still comes in as number three. You have a lot of new brands and sure. whatnot, and you have more people. Um, exhibiting their own style, not yeah. really going with that whole conservative look, but you know, even just to how we've influenced the fashion in, the fashion industry as a whole. You know, we still don't even get those looks and that respect and that acknowledgement. So I think it's dope for anybody I know from here to be making some kind of moves within the fashion world. For sure, you know what I mean? Because we just don't get that. We don't get that. We don't get that recognition. I know, but we're actually really fly. Cause we're like a subtle fly. We're like, yo, we're not gonna be like overly flashy, right? But we got, but we got the accents, right? And I tell people, like, our our silhouette is like, you know, we got this, like, you know, this real, like, you know, subtle, you know, outline and whatnot. But them accents, whether it's the jewelry or if it's like something with the shoes or a hat, like, I'm always color. I I always got my flair with my pins, right? You know what I mean? That's what I do. Yeah, just be like, this is my own independent (laughs) look. Yeah. So. All right, all right, cool. Okay, now we can go back to the venues. Sorry, I know it's so much. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. So, yeah. all right, Big Chief, y'all, y'all get into Ivy City. You open up the spot. Remember when you first told me about it? Mm-hmm. We were actually sitting over there mm-hmm. on Ninth Street, and you were like, "Yeah, Big Chief, we're opening up in like a month or so." I'm like, "Okay, all right, come <laughs> come through, see what it's hitting for." Mm-hmm. I came through. I like the vibe. Y'all had the uh, the brass band there and the rooftop. You could see a view from the city that I haven't seen since Love was open. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, all right, all right go Paris. Yeah. <laughs> I see you. So for, for people who haven't been to Big Chief yet, give people uh, just a, a little a little visual, a little taste of what that's like. I would say we're the coolest place in D.C. right now, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, y'all are up there. We were up the there. Coolest. Y'all up there. We're up there. Um. First of all, we're in Ivy City, which is a very destination spot. Yep. Because we're off the beaten path. Everything is 14th U Street downtown. You got to work to get you gotta, there. You got to want to go to Ivy City. The only True. bus that's taking you over there is the D8, and then you still got to walk. Exactly. Right. From right. that bus stop. Right. Um, but it's an industrial warehouse kind of space. Um, it's New Orleans inspired um, after the Big Chiefs. Um, so we have the brass bands. We have New Orleans inspired cocktails. But um, it's actually been, in my opinion, since we've been open, it's been a real hub for young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's been really interesting for me because I'm like, damn, like, where were y'all going before Big Chief to throw y'all our events or pop-ups or even, you know, we do we don't have a rest, we don't have a, a kitchen. So we do pop-ups with chefs and food trucks and caterers and you know, it's just become a place for people to actually say, hey, I'm here. This is it's like a platform right. kind of place. So it's really been exciting for for me to be a part of that. And um, we just kind of finished building out a rooftop. Mm-hmm. We've been collaborating with a lot of the other creative brands here. Rock Creek Social Club, Midday Barbecue, 
Um, my friend Ricasso does this like coloring book night on Wednesdays where he has artists come up and people are coloring prints and boondocks and it's it's been it's been a really awesome place to watch grow. I honestly. like I like coming over to Ivy City, you know, and I've been hitting Ivy City since the days of Dream. Right. You know, and um even had friends who live in that neighborhood. You know, what I mean, before people was even checking for it. Right, real. it's still like, rough. I I, I like yeah. it over there because it's not congested. Right, it you know isn't. What I mean, and I I I would actually used to say that about H Street, and depending upon which end of H Street is not congested, but sometimes but, but, but H Street is starting to become congested, like right. the U Streets and the 14th and the Adams Mortgage. You know yep. what I mean? But I like the Ivy City, and it probably helps that there's no metro station right there that makes it easy to get to. Right, you know what I mean? So you have to want want to be there. Right. right. So I I that's why I I mean. I spend I, when I when I do feel like coming outside. I spend a great deal of time just making sure I get over to Ivy yes, City. Yes, good. Yeah. And I, I live in Ivy City now too, so that's amazing. Yes, you always like you always make sure you live where in you the work. right neighborhood, right? You always live where you work, right? <laughs> I like convenience. I got hit to Big Chief through Twitter and all the event flyers that were coming up from like artists and DJs that were up and coming. So like. I rock with Big Chief because it seems like y'all have captured the energy of what's yeah. about to come. You know right. what I'm saying? Like Little Bacon Bears right. you know, performing a set Selecta. at Big Chief. Selecta, you know what I'm saying? Like, fever, yeah. Right, and and so y'all are bringing the right crowds, you know what I'm saying, yeah. that are doing creative things on their own into the space. For sure. Yeah. And it's and it's cool because everyone's young, honestly. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a very like a young spirited place. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's people that come and drink beer and hang out, and watch sports, but like when we do our events or when we collaborate with like the young DJs and the other entrepreneurs, like it's, it's I love that. Y'all, y'all definitely when all the times I've been in there, I definitely felt like it's a vibe. Uh, am I too old? It's to a be vibe. Here? No, it's a vibe though. <laughs> no, it's a vibe. It's, it's, it's a always vibe. it's always a chill vibe. It's all about the spirit, right? It's the you spirit, know, yeah. It's always chill and then I and I, I, I dig it. I right. dig that. I dig that. So on the way up, you were telling me, because I know we just covered we just covered creative theory, which I'm glad you jumped into that because I definitely wanted to talk about that. Okay. But you just told me about Franklin Hall. Yes. This is the fourth uh, venue opening you've been a part of? Yes. Actually, it's my fifth. Okay. Um, It was Highline in Crystal City. Oh, so you were part of Highline too? Yeah. Okay. I, that was my first part I ever I've never been open. at Highline, but I've driven by it a million times. Okay. That was the first place I ever helped open. Okay. Um, Highline, Crystal City, Big Chief, Smoked and Stacked, mm -hmm. which is on 9th yep. and N Street, which mm -hmm. is Pastrami Shop with Chef Marjorie. Okay. Um, Franklin, oh, Ubic. That was my fourth one. You was part of Ubik? Yeah. Open it here? Okay. Yeah. So Creative Theory got hired to help with everything from, you know, finding the influencers to the models. Mm -hmm. I helped style the lookbook. Okay. And then I helped plan the grand opening. So Alizé DJ at the grand opening right. while they I came remember, through. Biz Marquis. Yeah. It was just like crazy. Talk I, I thought it was I thought it was dope that y'all had Biz Marquis. I was like. Yeah. Shout out to. <laughs> that was really. I called Zay. I was like, Zay, I need you to DJ this Ubik. Because they were like, we need a DJ. I was like, you have to get Alizé. Yeah. And Wale was already involved with it, mm -hmm. and I was, and then Zay was like, "Yo, I got Biz coming through." He had Matthew Espinoza come through, and then Chaz French and yeah. Goldlink, yep. all of them came all them, through. So I was just like, did. it was yeah. super DC, yeah. which is which was great because that's what Ubik kind of needed to get that jump that. start. Yeah, yeah. Get, get that jump yeah, start e here. Even the Ubik in Philly, you go in and it feels very Philly. Sure, you know what I mean. If you're, yeah. if you're familiar with like how Philly rolls, yeah, you can feel that Philly right. vibe in there. And even the staff that they have in Ubik is like. 
you know, Frank's from Keto and has yep. rent his dues. Like, Shout out they, young Frank. Yeah, rent they due. got a vibe over <laughs> there. Ubik has, definitely has the right people. But um, so then Ubik and now my fifth is Franklin Hall, which actually just officially opened tonight, okay. which is great. Um, it, we had friends and family. It's a beer, an American beer hall. Okay. Um, smoked sausages, cheeseburgers, churros, mm. apple wait, pies. Wait, 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 wait. You got churros? We have churros, guys. <laughs> so look. I don't like sweets like that. Churros? But I love some motherfucking churros, Me man. Too. Talk that like, shit. I, Talk I, that I, shit, G. I, yo, Listen. if there's a churro stand in like Columbia Heights or something, I could just come off the train and be like, let me get like two churros. Like Churros are everything. <laughs> like you go to a carnival, you're getting churros. Also, yes. if you go to Ikea, and I know that sounds weird, nah, but Ikea sells churros. Yeah. I carry you too far, man, to get some churros. I got to go someplace close. You got to be in the area. So, Frank, so Franklin Hall got, where's Franklin Hall located? Franklin Hall is located on 14th and Florida in the okay. Manhattan Laundry Building. We're right next to La Colombe and WeWork. Okay. Um, It was a year and a half, two years in the making. I'm so happy that it's open. I, I want to say, like, I love Big Chief, but I would say this is our best design. Okay. Um, it's just a super cozy, homey feel. There's like leather, there's like, you know, leather couches and it's, there's like little nooks of lounge, but it's definitely a communal place. Um, We want people to come work, drink beer and eat and be merry. And relax. And relax. That's what, that's, that's our, that's our motto. Okay. Eat, relax and chill out. Okay. Ask you a couple questions that might, you know, catch you off. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This one, not so much. When did you know that you could influence? Because you're definitely an influencer. And I'm saying that so you don't have Thank to like you. claim that for yourself. But I'm telling you, and I'm sure other people would agree with that. Honestly, it has to, it literally was probably like a month ago. Okay. What 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 triggered that? What lets you know? What, what was exactly, that moment? Yeah, yeah, what exactly happened? Um, so I do this event called Digging Through the Crates. Mm-hmm. Um, Digging Through the Crates is one of my it's probably like my favorite event I've ever been a, a part of. Um, shout out to Matt Talley, uh, Alize and um, it's an all vinyl event that we do. We just did our fourth one, I think. We did in uh, for Brophy City Fest. And I got hit up by my friend Rashad Drakeford. Shout out to Rashad Drakeford. He works um, over at Apple now. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, P, like, you want to take over Beats by Dre Snapchat? And I was like, for real? Like, you want me to take over Beats by Dre Snapchat? He's like, yeah, you should do it. Go to Brophy City Fest and just run their social for a day. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but nah. no, that does not sound cheesy. <laughs> nah, it might. That, like, they just that, they just don't hand over the reins. Amazing, and, and that's and that's people, that's amazing. Like, like right. the whole like, social <laughs> for an event, right? And under the Beats by Dre brand, exactly. That's a lot and, of responsibility. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh shit, I'm stepping in. I was, I felt like even when like they tweeted me out, and and they said, I can't even remember what they what they said when they tweeted me out. It was something like something about infectious energy or something like that, like. Mm-hmm. Follow Paris on Beast by Dre Snapchat. I was like, this is awesome. Like, people want to watch me be me at a festival. That's cool. Um, but that was a that was a definitely a moment for me. And definitely working under Gary and Taman, they've definitely helped keep me refined and in that influencer space. Like, I, I want to be able to like highlight brands and things that I actually like or th- and things that I'm behind. So that was. Beats was a moment, but I would say Gary and Tamal were the first people actually to help me like understand like yo P like you have something you yeah. could you could use your platform for something which I'm still trying to figure out at the same time though. Okay. 
humble brag. So, <laughs> I want to go. I want to go back to when you said that your next goal is to be an A and R, and so you've accomplished a lot so far. But like, how do you pace yourself, and how do you set the next goal? Like, I, how does that work for you? I am trying to set tangible goals month by month and that are realistic. So like as much as I want to be an A&R and just be like, all right, y'all, I'm out. I'm going to go to New York, LA. Right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just be a manager. And these are my artists and we lit. Mm -hmm. Before I do that, there are things that I have to definitely finish out and see through. Mm -hmm. And there's also proper strategy I need to to execute in order for me to get there. Right. Um, so, I mean... I know I'm working towards that. I feel like I'm working towards that. I'm having mad meetings. I'm working with different artists, um, kind of on the hush hush. But it's just pay I'm 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 just trying to go as I'm trying to run as if I'm running in a marathon and not like try to sprint there and just get there too quick. I'm right. just trying to like just jog it out a little right, bit. Right. So that's where I'm at. Organic but focused. Organic but super focused. Like yeah. I know exactly where the finish line is, but I'm gonna just like like, do, do, you, do you use like an organizer or planner? Are you that type of person? <laughs> Yo, or? it was so crazy. So I just had a meeting with my friend Kel and he came to my house and we were meeting. I had my laptop and I have, I always have a notebook. I've always had a notebook. Yeah. And I've gotten, you know, he was like, he was like, damn, you're like, you're super organized. I'm hyper organized. Word. I, every morning, like I wake up, I'll sit on my laptop. I'm gonna check all my emails, but I'm, I have my calendar open. My email's open. I got my notebook down. Like, I got text messages. People want to meet me on this day. Like, I write everything down. I've yeah. even gotten to the point where I don't even want a planner. I'm writing out my week, and I'm writing in exactly, like, who I'm... So I don't even forget, like, yeah. yo, I need to meet with this person at 3.30. I got Geronimo at this day. Like, that's how yeah. I'm moving right now. Discipline. Super. Now, if I start getting disciplined in the gym... Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, sometimes but. that physical activity, as I, I, I sat and ate, the fattest fucking sandwich at Diet Starts Monday. It was okay. good. Okay. It was good though, but it was I don't even eat fat shit. And I was just like, you know this shit had to be good if I ain't feel guilty. But right. I would feel guilty if I continued to eat like this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that 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 gym fitness thing. That's gonna take me. That's gonna take so, me to a whole other level. It's uh -oh. so necessary, it's but a it's level like up. you gotta get locked into it. You gotta get you gotta get locked in. You have to be hyper focused. I've done it before. I was doing a soul cycle crazy. Soul cycle. I was a soul cycle freak the cult. Until, until I was broke. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm spending two fifty a week on soul cycle. This That's is bad. Crazy so so what, what's more of a cult? Soul cycle, yoga, or CrossFit? Soul cycle. And then CrossFit. Because I got on the CrossFit hook in New York. Uh -huh. Shout out to my friend Quasi Kessie <laughs> and ASAP Ferg. They put me on to CrossFit. Fast. She just said ASAP Ferg put her on CrossFit. CrossFit. It, look, listen, let me tell you something. And I hope he, I'm going to make sure he listens to this. ASAP Ferg made me love CrossFit. Okay. Because of just the intensity level of like the way you push your body. And often, like, you're not even really doing crazy weights. Yeah. Just, like, the level of intensity, he got it. I and bet, he totally was pushing me. I bet CrossFit people, like, fuck with ASAP Ferg's music. 100%. Like that, he's in great shape. ASAP Ferg makes perfect ne music ne for ne CrossFit Next time niggas. we see Jamal, because he's a CrossFit dude. He, oh, for real? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he listens to Ferg. That's yo, right. <laughs> yo, yo ASAP is in great shape. My friend Kwasi runs marathons, and he's in great shape. Mm. But they stay in shape through CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I went to this gym in Brooklyn called, uh, it's called Crossboro Kingsboro. Chris Sansbury will get you 
right. Okay. Super mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, it's a cult though. I, I like the concept of CrossFit. I, I think for me, when I get back into my fitness oh, regimen, I could totally cro- see you doing that. CrossFit will be the way to go because I mean I've done the gym thing and Mm-mm. I can I can do it. But I just like the the, the interaction, the community it's building, community, all of that. and it's super. It's you're doing simple things. Like it's not like he's asking you to do crazy things. You're doing jump ropes. You're it's doing like, push-ups. It's like grown up PE. It's exactly. It's grown up PE. All right. It's I, it grown sound, up. You make it sound cool as fuck. Well, right? <laughs> no, that that's way. perfect. It really is. Okay. It really is. Well, since we're talking about fitness, lifestyles, and groups, shout out to District Running Collective. We got to support our own, right? Hello, District Running Collective they and friend, Ashley they Lawson. Are friend, they are yep. a friend of the podcast. Friends okay. of the podcast. The while shout out to Matt and Ashley. Matt yes. and Ashley, I love them, man. They And they've done a lot of events at Big Chief. Yep. Ashley just launched her website. She's amazing. Yep. Yep. I love them. They, they get it. They got it. I like this. I like people... Who we've interviewed before, knowing fuck with other people. people, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, and everybody's doing something yeah. to some degree. So it's totally different. What, what, what's what's my tagline for the show? Yeah. Where the cool, calm, connected talk straight, no chasing. Mm. Okay. And mm. DC, if you if you know people, you know people who know people, and you realize that everybody for <laughs> sure knows every motherfucker. Yeah. You know I mean, who's it's doing small. who's doing something? Yeah, it's small, and you know it's cool because as we grow as a city like relationships are growing you know like they're all of our relationships are evolving and then you start seeing people out and then it's just like i'm doing this and it just all comes back i love that there's overlap then there's opportunity for collaboration and it makes sense and all of that i love that i mean i i thought about leaving dc and i'm sure maybe i will at one point but Every every create well, I won't say every create, but most creatives from here have thought about it and have done it. I, I know I've done yeah. it. Right. You know what I mean? I have. I, I haven't done it yet. I don't know if that counts, but <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I do love that part about DC. Yeah. Like I love that, like I just have friends everywhere. But, but I feel I, like you gotta go away to, to oh, appreciate and, it. And, like I think, you. and I think it's important because sure. we really are just really starting to connect with the end of these arts and entertainment industries at large. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people like you, me, who've gone spent time other places and really saw like this is how this is the industry standard this is how things work bring that knowledge back and build here yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. perspective it's all about always, perspective yeah, it's always perspective. i'll tell you i knew when i really didn't know as much as i thought i knew so i was a public relations assistant for armand de brignac champagne better known as ace okay of i didn't know mm. that yeah, you kind of dropped them gems this like 20, i didn't know this, this is like 2010 because so, that's nobody knows about that <laughs> nobody knows about that type of champagne that's jay-z champagne people if you don't know about that okay and they they had jay-z hadn't even like officially <laughs> become owner partner none of that but like they worked with early him on, on okay. a lot of things at that time yeah. and and um you're talking just, to shit right just, now okay. just just just, my, just work just working with my with my with my boss who like and she, you know, Puerto Rican from Spanish Harlem. She had me by like five years. So I was, and I was an older intern. I was like 27. She was 32. Mm-hmm. And like, she'd still like curse you the fuck out, slap the shit out you, listen to Hot 97, mm-hmm. all of that. But I mm-hmm. learned so much from her. And she was hard as fuck. Like, she was hard on me, like, very hard on me to the point where it was like, sometimes I wanted to curse her out. But I learned so much just working under somebody who had been doing public relations for lifestyle brands and luxury brands for like 10 years prior to me meeting her. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have gotten that had I not had that experience. Had I just stayed here and like, okay, I'm gonna just try to figure out how public relations works. You know what I mean? But like, 
she whipped me into shape and showed me and also taught me how important it was like you can't have any mistakes no mistakes no typos none of that like I'd print up some I'd type up some copy she'd look over she was like this 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 and I'm just like she was like slow down look it over because whatever you send out represents us I can't say oh well you know Geronimo he did it you know what I mean so don't feel don't 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 hold that no it doesn't, nobody cares. You're responsible. It's coming from the brand. Right. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? So I, I, that's that's something that always stuck with me to the point where now, like, I'm, I'm a sticker with other people. So I'm like, did y'all look that fly? I know. Like, y'all didn't even say where the challenge was going to be or what time it starts or the date. Like, y'all just put it out there. I know. You know I'm what I mean? I'm learning that even with the way I just talk and converse with people. Like, I got to watch what I say sometimes, but sometimes I just it just comes out, you know, you just spit it out. You know, it happens. Are you still able to co-switch or have you gotten to this point where it's like it's all kind of merged into one way of speaking that just works for whoever is listening? <sighs> yes. Like, I feel no. like I'm getting to that point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting to that point. But sometimes, no, like sometimes I really do have when I have certain meetings, I'm, I'm a fast talker. Obviously, these people are going to be like, oh, she's talking so fast. But I think there are certain moments where I'm like, let me just. Dial it back a little bit. Let me chill. Dial my personality back a little bit and just yeah. sit quietly. Yeah. And articulate very much slower. And <laughs> right. just put on my, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to switch it up. You got to be able to diversify your conversations. I actually just picked up a book today. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was like The Language of Successful Women. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. nine successful tips for language of successful women. Yeah. And there is a proper way to make sure that you're articulating whatever it is that you need to convey to people and also just the style of your language to people, right. which I'm also trying to master. All right, so I got I got a super random question for you. Oh, here like, we go. Before we started, like, officially recording, um, not just doing, you know, the, the, the mic test sound check. Okay. We were talking about uh, dating. So, I, you know, Twitter these days and social media, you know, no, this isn't, this isn't a specific question. Okay. But this is a, this is, this is a general question. You know what I mean? Like, social media had you thinking that. There you go, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Photographer extraordinaire in the building. I just wanted him to get a little like Ryan BTS Gordon. of our producer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I just producer, a little engineer, videographer. Sorry. All of that. Sorry, All listeners. of that. But. <laughs> Either one, whatever you feel, bro. Whatever you feel. Square it off. Square it so, so just looking at social media, and social media had motherfuckers fucked up out here thinking oh. one things go one way when they really go another. But is there still room for tradition in dating based on the daily arguments found on Twitter? Or <laughs> should everybody get off the internet and go get a life? <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. What's becoming weird for me now is meeting people and be like, oh, yeah, I follow you. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Like you've been stalking me all Like, so time? you think you know me already? Yeah. That is a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Even when people like, and and I don't, and my friends, I don't care if they feel a certain way, but I have friends that be like, oh my God, I think you're doing so well. I'm like, oh, you think I'm doing so well because I post a picture of me being fly, but actually like I'm broke and I'm struggling, I'm crying going, today. Going like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, there, there, there is like this perception, yeah. you know, on social media, you want to show your best things Mm -hmm. it's a it's a bragging space Mm -hmm. even though that's a fact even though it's not really meant to be a measuring contest it it is i don't know do you guys watch black mirror yes 
I'm not even familiar with that. What's that? Okay. Uh, so let me tell you about Black Mirror and why I love Black Mirror because it really it was lit, it is literally a reflection of our society. Mm-hmm. There's this one episode where this there's basically you're walking around with like you know how you have your like your like button. Yeah. You're walking around with a number above your head. That's the first episode, right? I don't know if it was the first episode. I don't think that's the first. It's like no, I can't remember the name of it, but basically. If I have an interaction with you mm-hmm. and I and I like thought our interaction was meaningful, yeah. then I scroll up and I give you more points. So as you as your ranks go up, First episode. it's like you're getting into a whole nother realm of people that you're about to surround yourself with. Oh, and in social man. media can now, I, can I go binge watch this somewhere? Absolutely, you hundred percent should. Netflix. And, I'm on it. <laughs> and as much as I don't want to acknowledge the reality in that, sometimes it is that. Okay. You know, even in like being in LA, like. I will meet a random girl. She's bad, like pretty ass girl. Got like 500,000 followers and can't say a fucking word to me. Can't even have a conversation. She's not even looking up at me because she's in her fucking phone. But she can pose. But she can pose and she's getting likes and she's considered an influencer and she's considered all these things. It's We've created this thing on social media where it's like you think you know somebody, but you really don't. So when it comes to dating, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work. Like, just because you think you know me, you think I'm cute, like, bro, you have no idea how much effort it took for me to take this amazing photo. Mm-hmm. And also, you really don't know me. Very true. So Which is the case to... for everybody. Oh, my God. Even if you're like an overshare type, people still don't really know you. And I don't want to judge you if yeah. you don't have a pop in social media. Right. right. Like, if your social media, if you got only 150 followers and you got 46 posts and your pictures ain't even high quality, like, you still cool <laughs> to me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, but some that's a layered like, statement. But I fuck with it, dog. Like, I'm just saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I still fuck with you. Yeah, you still, you still legit. It's to me. backhanded a little bit, but I fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, I'm you just saying, nah, but you nah. know, but do you get my drift? Like, nah, I got just because you, I have that X amount of followers, my shit's looking curated and shit, and your shit is just regular, <laughs> bro. I still fuck with you, and you're still legit to me. Right. And actually, facts. A lot of the most legitimate people, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and the music industry, don't have social media or they don't even fucking post a damn Facts. thing. Like, I don't like, want you in my life. Like, yeah, bro. like you don't even <laughs> like, need to know like, me. I don't want you in my shit. Like Boss like. Lady. Boss Lady, her her Instagram is uh Jan. Her Instagram yeah. is very... Dis- Minimal. Bro, I don't even know her Instagram. Exactly. I've known her for like three years. And that's like, tight I just to got me off too. the phone with her. Like, that's tight to I me fuck too. With, I envy that. You know I, 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 I found it. I was just like, damn, she barely posts, but she she's killing the game. Right. But I will say about my generation, I think sometimes people don't really think about it is I grew up in the MySpace generation. Facts. So from sixth grade, I've been creating a brand. Okay. I've been create. I've been designing my own background on my MySpace page and I'm figuring out what I'm going to put in my little four page, you know, my little four sentences and who's my top friends. And then, oh, I got Facebook now. Oh, let me make these albums. Like I've always been, I've always been online. Okay. So it, my adva- our advantage as the millennials generation is a little bit different. I sometimes I don't think people really think about that. And people don't, like, this is just my little theory, but with, like, MySpace and Zanga, even if you fuck with Zanga, like, that's when we really started to learn how to code and shit because you right. found out how to plug and play or copy and paste. Then like, you really start understanding. The, right, the how to design how you, your shit. Yeah, how, to, how to Put that shit together. Like, they didn't realize what they were, like, planting the seeds towards. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I come from that. Okay. All right. Well, let's 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 get away from the random. <laughs> okay, <laughs> random. <laughs> You're a random ass. Um, 
because you've been you've been a part of just so many just new establishments opening social scene expansion throughout the city like as a person who grew up in the dc area what are your thoughts on just like the social scene in the city becoming more cosmopolitan from what you remember as a youth sure you know what i mean i mean like i told y'all i grew up in the go-go's so Oh yeah, you missed that part, man. She oh, went, did you miss that? Oh, you were out. You, you were talking about new impressions. Like, new that's impressions, why I walked out. CCB, yeah. backyard fan, what? Like yeah. I was sneaking in the go go's. Um, you were sneaking in? Totally. My <laughs> friend's dad was a security guard, and he just always looked out. I mean, okay. little pearl mass chef. This was once seafood, you moved neon. to DC, or were you doing this even when you was in Moco? Both. For real? Both for sure. So you traveled so from I was Olney, going, yo, down Georgia all the way. Let down. me tell you something. Facts. I was going from Silver Spring Ooh. to Thai Seafood to go see ABM that's, and TCB. That's, that's a 45-minute drive. That's crazy. I'm at exit wow. 10. I mean, I'm going from exit 31, 31. Yep. to exit 9, yeah. if not even deeper. So oh, yeah, shit. I, I was dedicated. He's going on Allentown Road, Sulin Road, and all that. All the way up 301. I remember when niggas nah. from Uptown was coming from from uptown all the way out Waldorf to go to the Icon to go For see the what band. Yeah. Yes. That's, that <laughs> me sounds too, crazy though. to me. Y'all driving see, that far? Me too. Like, like the little... farthest I would go is the Black Hole and I grew up in Oxon Hill. Okay. Yeah. That's as far north as I was going. Right. right. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. going no farther right. than that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, But I love, I mean, you know, there's pros and cons to D.C. becoming super metropolitan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like D.C. is still kind of a gritty city. Yeah. Um, it's very. It's also a very rich city, yes. and there is starting to be like a no middle. Mm -hmm. It's like either you're very wealthy and you're very this, or you're also very poor. There is a middle, but it's kind of gray. Um, yeah, so it, it is very gray. It's very gray. Yeah. It is a weird gray mm -hmm. um, because you can survive in it, but to like watch it is just weird. You know what I mean? Like i'm around super wealthy people mm -hmm. but then i also live in the heck warehouse where i look outside my window every day yeah. every day and i'm still seeing fiends and i'm still seeing oh, homeless yeah. people and i'm still seeing so much shit yeah. happening and and then on the flip side of that like i know the developers mm -hmm. you know and i know that you know there are people that look at the developers like oh you, you guys are just playing monopoly with dc it's actually creating jobs. Yeah. It's creating opportunity. I have an opportunity. I have a job because of, of, of the decisions that they right. made. Right, because you, you're contracting people to actually build 100%. it. So There's, you're working so, with other small businesses. Right. and. But the flip side is is that sometimes, you know, the homeless people around there aren't being, you know, right. what are we doing with the clinic? What are we right. doing right. with the, you know, situation at hand? And, you know, I, I really do like it, though. Like, I really yeah. do like the direction we're going in just as far as just trying to Develop the city to be at its best point. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love, I love it. I love my city. I love DC so much. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Honestly, I just got back from Atlanta, which was like my first time. I actually got like the real. Atlanta's cool. Atlanta's cool. Yeah. New York. I love New York. I fuck with New York. I fuck with New York. New York is a vibe. I can take it in doses. Right. Yeah. But like DC has that hybrid where you can have a city like metropolitan thing it's not it's not too fast it's not, not too, too slow. slow it's like the perfect yeah, middle perfect here blend. yeah yep. yeah yeah you and can I, have a family here you can go I, to georgetown yeah. i tell and... people like a lot of my a lot of my friends in new york who are talking about moving out of the city i'm just like well consider dc i mean if you could deal with like high cost of living i mean you from new york so it's right so you, should, you should be <laughs> numb to that you should be numb to that, that. but yeah. in terms of just like pace you know it's not too slow not too fast whatever it's, it's right in the middle so i know for me 
So I was hanging out with uh, Marcus Dowling the other day. Love Marcus and, Dowling. And Friend of the show. <laughs> good man. Good Only man. person good. to be on twice. Right? Is he? Yes, he's been because on twice. Because you know what? He is so smart. Incredibly intelligent. He knowledgeable. is one of the smartest people from here. Facts. Hands down. I can believe that. I agree with that. I can I can, I can talk to that. him for hours. <laughs> so I was hanging out with him the other day and... um. He, we were just talking about just like this, how the city has transitioned and all of that. And um, he said, you know, the thing is, back in the days of like Marion Barry and whatnot, the city was more, it, it, it almost came, look, came off as like a socialist state because Marion Barry, you know, his whole thing was like, okay, I have this money and I just want to make sure that people are comfortable. So here's a dollar for you, here's a dollar for you, here's a dollar for you, here's a dollar for you. So now... We're in this capitalist experiment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, in the middle of it, actually. And and, oh. and and this is something that, especially in my lifetime, the 34 years I've been on this earth, like DC has never experienced up until this point. And so for a lot of people, even if they, even if they, okay, for a lot of people who grew up here, even if they can participate, it's still a hard pill for them to swallow because it's like, this is not what we remember growing up right you know what i mean but now and i love hearing those conversations but now because even for myself like so i've always had a close connection to the city and once i was old enough to be out on my own i spent all my leisure time in the city so even for me i feel sometimes i'm like i always feel like i'm walking the line like okay I can go to this new place and that new place and I know about artisanness and craft that, you know what I mean? I and, and my, my, my taste level, I can I might know more than like some of the people who run the place. You know what I mean? But I know that there are many people who are my peers who come from the city who they can't, whether it's because they don't know, they don't have the money. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know, like I'm all, I just always feel like I'm walking that line. It's socially. a fine line, I know. You know what I mean. So it it it, it is it is sometimes you just you just have that. It's a catch twenty two because the more the higher the concentration of dope people who are contributing and adding value to the city increases, the demand to exist in this space increases. So the price to stay in this yes. place existed now, uh, increases. Cause, so because yeah. now DC is, has become one of those cities where like you know how people say like. Oh, I lived in New York. Or I lived in LA. Now DC's like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, I've lived in DC. Right. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. DC's become one of those places that people want to come to, not just to see the monuments. No, not they want to come, not just to here. have a government job. Right. Yeah. Like, I and the got, government I got has been sustaining us for a while. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm trying to come DC and come fuck with you. But man. you got to think about it. We were never. I don't. And I don't know. I'm young, obviously, but I don't feel like DC was ever really that. I feel like not, it always not, was not, low key. Like not, not in our lifetime, a, right? Not in our lifetime. I, I I think DC might not have been like that ever since the 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 the, the days of Black Broadway. Sure. To be honest. Yeah, I, can I think that. I think prior to the riots, DC was that place. Sure. People were like, okay, we. I'm gonna go. come here. Yeah. But after the riots, we had to get through that heroin crack. We had to go through all of that, and people was like, oh, we ain't fucking with DC, murder capital, you know, city under siege, and, all of that. Right. And shout out to Obama. Because Obama brought so much of the music industry to DC, mm-hmm. like that's a great point. Yeah, it, he brought so much of the music industry to DC. You think about Beyonce coming here, Usher rec- coming here. You know, all of those artists came because of him. 
they were come obviously in, in, in play at Verizon Center or yeah. Kennedy Center. It was a lot of music but industry folks in the White House. Karen Civil, you know, B Dot from Rap Radar, just not even like major he, artists. He, yeah. he, he, he definitely he, put on. He yeah. brought a lot a of the black elite in arts and entertainment to Here. DC. For four, and I mean, eight over, years. For a course, I mean, yeah, eight <laughs> years. That's eight a years. lot of that's a lot of time for people to just be funneling through in and out. You know what people I mean? Who, people who may not have even gone through a White House tour went right. to the White House because of Barack Obama or come to DC anyway. Right, right. So that's something to think about. Too. And also the eight years that a bunch of millennials grew up in those eight years. So you grow up in that type of environment where creativity is something that's a applauded and encouraged and you have this you know barack obama as president like we that's going to stay with us forever you know what i'm saying yeah. like the growth and development over those eight years like i don't know when another time we'll get that type of growth spurt or that type of no, energy all right well i got two more questions for okay you. amazing i love it why do you think you made it here god and that's that could be a two-part question made it in dc and oh. made it to where you are in life right now god both <laughs> just god in the okay. universe okay. um god in the universe and my relationships i really i mean i'm so thankful i like you know i pray a lot i pray a lot in the shower and i remember praying today i was just like man thank you god for getting me here today mm-hmm. and it's really just I, I don't know how i've been able to walk into these rooms or i can't even explain it honestly but it's just it's something bigger than me and i'm and i'm and i try to make sure that my energy attracts people that you know have my best interests and i always try to add value to anybody else's life that i'm in um but my friendships my relationships my mentors like they they're all amazing people and that's helped me get to where i'm where i'm at right now to be able to talk about all the things like i didn't get here by myself like there were people that put me in position or yo meet this person like you need to know this person and that's how i've I've gotten here. But you've also had to just show your value. You know, right. how you can add value to these people's lives, to their 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 their, their situations and yeah. all of that. Cause people most people ain't gonna like They're not gonna let you come. Right. In. They're not right. gonna open a door for you if they don't think you're not gonna add value if you're just <clears throat> taking up space. Right. You Facts. know what I mean? Right. So you you definitely had have had to do that. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of drive. Mm-hmm. I'm super motivated. I know what in my mind, I know what the level of success that I'm trying to get to. And, um, you know, I was so when I was talking to my mom about it. I was like, oh, I was like, when I think about where I'm trying to get to, I just want to break down and cry. Cause I'm like, I know I can get there. I just don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know I'm going to do it. It's, and okay. I think, it's okay to cry. Oh, I know it's okay to cry. <laughs> I'm a cry baby. Well, I can cry at a drop of a dime, but I'm so motivated and driven. And I just, I wake up with that every day. So that helps me just like, Every day I'm like, well, what else do I need to do? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to email? What deck do I need to create? What conversation needs to be had? What outfit I need to put on to make sure I walk in? Like people like see me. Like, you know, it's like I'm just always trying to be calculated in all my moves. Um, and I think that's got me somewhere, apparently. That's real. It's gotten you to a great place. Thank you. So this leads me to my final question. What's 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 next for Paris what's Cole? Next? What is next? Um, what's next currently? So Franklin Hall just opened. Great. Um, Creative Theory, we're launching. So we launched our first uh, magazine called Thrive okay. um, in conjunction with Google. I think I remember seeing that on the site. Yes. 
Um, it was such a great experience. We highlighted thriving black entrepreneurs, creatives, and visionaries. Um, the first issue was a lot of people from the area. Mm-hmm. Second issue, um, we're launching at Essence Festival at the end mm-hmm. of June. Okay. Um, and it's highlighting a lot of women entrepreneurs under the Google network. Okay. Um, so that's up and coming for me. Um, Tin Shop is going to open up one more location in Georgetown called Church. That's probably going to open up in the fall. Okay. Um, I have my own brand management company called Terms and Conditions. Yeah, so thank you for bringing this up. Because I tried to find, I'm like, I don't see nothing was, on the internet about Terms and Conditions. You can go on your Twitter profile. It was either on right. Twitter or IG profile. If you go to termsxconditions.com, you will find my website. Um, my partner Evan and I created this company together with no true vision or actual goal mm-hmm. and now starting to manifest now just with um, a couple artists I want to work with. There are a couple of events that I'm going to be curating over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this will probably be my platform for me to step out and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing right. and this is what I'm behind mm-hmm. um, in the music and event space. Okay. Um, so that's next. My last question would be, yes. you, you mentioned that you were reading a book recently. Yes. Uh, what are your, what are three books that you would recommend to the next batch of up and coming creatives? I love this question. It's a good question. That's a Thank very you. good question. Okay, so right that. now I'm reading this book called Get Your Shit Together. <laughs> and I want everyone to read it. Let me 100. tell you. 100. 100. It should be like, get your shit together. 100. 100. <laughs> so, <laughs> hashtag law. Right. And I'm going to shout out my best friend because it's also National Best Friends Day. That's true. I heard that in the lift. I holler at them tomorrow. My best friend Marilyn calls us. So she's also the creative director for Mindful Restaurants. So she's like me for another group. Um, And they own like seven restaurants in DC. She had this book and she was just it was just sitting on her table. I was like, this book looks amazing. And Marilyn is probably one of the most. She inspires me so much. she is so put together and i don't mean to say it like she's put together like she dresses well but she's so organized Mm -hmm. like her her living space is tidy it's neat Mm -hmm. and she taught me to be tidy and neat Mm -hmm. to the point where i help other people be tidy and neat um like we might even start a business called declutter where we just go in and help Mm -hmm. people be tidy and neat. get your shit together get your shit together put a tm on the internet or somebody take that okay nobody take that (laughs) but um, Get Your Shit Together was a, a great book and I got it from her who is also very tidy but I say that to say it talked about you know you complain about being fat you complain about not being certain place but it takes your first your first step is to do it mm-hmm. like what how, how are you going to lose weight yeah. you're just going to be content with wearing elastic band pants and just be mm-hmm. 100 pounds overweight mm-hmm. like get your shit together got some give like, to it right you got to get to it so that book is amazing the book I read before that was Year of Yes, Shonda Rhimes. Okay. Fun fact, I never watched any of her shows. I never watched Grey's Anatomy. I never watched How to Get Away with Murder. Scandal. Scandal. I, I was a Homeland girl, personally. That's real. Um, Fuck with Homeland. But her book was amazing. And she talked about, you know, she was the most successful black woman in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. A little overweight at the time. A little shy. She always talked about being an introvert. Um, but she said for a year she wanted to commit herself to saying yes to things that made her afraid. Mm. So that was like 
now she had to go talk at college engagements. She had, I mean, at uh, ceremonies and she had to start socializing and being around people. She didn't really, she didn't want to do the Hollywood shit, but she had to do it. So she had to just step out of her comfort zone and get to that place. So that was a great book. Um, The other, I would say the book before that, Austin Kleon, Show Your Work. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. It's K-L-E-O-N. Show Your Work. Um, it's a great book that just talks about how you need to create your own basically portfolio or resume or something or create something so that when people, you know, look you up or when people ask who you are, you can actually say, Hey, this is what I've done. And that's the space that I'm in right now. It's like, shit, people want to ask me all this shit that I've done, but I don't even know how to show you. And I can't do it on my Instagram. I can't just be like, yo. Here's all the shit. Here's my Instagram. No, it's like you really have to figure out whether it's blogging. And you talked about that, either blogging or creating a website or a resume or your LinkedIn profile, but making sure that you have something that's representative of who you are somehow in the world is like your next important thing. So those are my top three. So where can people find Paris Cole? Give us all the links, social media, uh, business links, websites, all of that. Um, You can find me at, at Paris Cole on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my real last name is Hines. Like I'm Paris Hines at the end of the day. Paris Cole was something I created okay. when I first made my social media accounts. Um, I was watching the Natalie King Cole documentary, oh. and I was never I was getting my weave done because I had a weave at the time. And my friend was like, "Oh," I was like, "What do you think of Paris Cole?" She was like, "That's cool." I was like, "Cool." Boom. So <laughs> that happened. <laughs> um, you can find me at Paris Cole on Facebook is Paris Hines. Um, but I'm on Creative Theory's website, creativetheoryagency.com. Tinshopdc.com, uh, termsxconditions.com, okay. and definitely in the next couple weeks there will be a pariscole.com, which will mm. be my okay. That's your that's your portfolio. That will be my portfolio. So you'll see everything where you can show I, your work. It, there it goes. That's how it comes back full circle. Well, Paris, thank you very much thank once again you. for coming through. This was this was a very enjoyable conversation. I'm so glad to be now, here. Now I know a little bit more about you. I got. I don't just have to stalk your Instagram. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I'm trying to work on it. But thank you guys for having me. This was great. Definitely. The All The Fly Kids show was powered by Fairground Creative Media and is recorded at the Innovator Studio inside Impact Hub, located in the Penn Quarter section of downtown D.C. Engineered by Backpack Matt and Ryan Gordon and produced by Geronimo Knows, me. You can subscribe to and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, and Spreaker. Tell a friend and pay it forward.